Welcome to Happy Hour, a work, culture and lifestyle show. We're your hosts, Penny Blackmore and Brittany Bowering. And if you like the show, please rate, re- re- rate review and wiki, 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 subscribe. <laughs> because people can find us that way. Also, please recommend us to a friend or put us on Instagram stories because we like that. Oh, it's so fun. Shameless, shameless, shameless. Yeah, we have had a, a small spike in listenership Yes, recently. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm excited about it. <laughs> it's my merciless cross promotion. No, I'm joking. No, I think we're d- maybe I mean, we're just we're doing promo- better epis. Yeah, I think so. We're also we're also like notifying people a little bit more than we used to. That that's the, like, true. Episodes are, are live, so you know that's great though. You gotta let them know. It makes me feel good that we that we're like growing a little bit. You yeah, <laughs> minuscule baby steps. <laughs> exactly. Um, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm in, uh, we're recording on a Sunday, so I'm in full relaxed Sunday mode. Um, I've had several coffees today. I've had a couple pieces of cake. I have just, <laughs> I haven't done any kind of exercise of any kind, you know, like all the things I was planning to do today kind of fell through and mm-hmm. I just went into full like hibernation. It's also a bit like cold mm. and wet and gray outside. So I'm really like feeling the fall to winter transition. Period. Oh yeah. yeah. I feel like on Sundays I'm like, there's a market really close to my house, like a flea market. And I'm like, all I have to do today is walk around that market one time and one then I've thing. done exercise. Exactly. And then yeah. I've left the house and then I can come back and be as shamelessly yeah. uh, indoorsy as I, as I feel like being. I love it. I think it's great. Have you noticed over there that we are slow cooking a bolognese, Brittany? I have noticed because I can smell it and it smells delicious. Is that truly delightful? Yes, it is. I am That's so excited. That's a Sunday delight. Yeah. Right there. I've wanted a slow cooker for so long. And now you have one. It's all coming together. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Your life is really coming together. Oh, except for my jean buttons. So Ooh. I got a new pair of jeans. Um, and they're exactly the same as another pair I have, but in a different denim. And I was just putting them on and I was like, all right. So you're like, so here's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is being told to me through my jeans. I've added two inches on my waistline, (laughs) which would be fine, except I just want to wear these jeans right away. So I'm wearing them right now. I, I pulled them together. Yeah. And now I'm like forcing my stomach against the buttons, like pushing my tummy out to try and stretch it. Okay, great. (laughs) Instead of buying a bigger size, right? Yeah. Like, why would you buy a bigger size? No, then you'd be admitting defeat. Exactly. You're going to force yourself back into those those pants. Yeah, exactly. The jeans jeans must succumb to the new size of Penny. I was actually thinking, did I say this last week on the podcast? But um, I was thinking like, We've just done the whole COVID thing where you basically sort of stay inside a lot and you're not really allowed to do a lot. And we did that in summertime and we went to parks. Mm -hmm. So it's like what you do during COVID is like parks, dinner parties, secret liaisons at people's houses. Yeah. So we've done that. Responsible. Yeah. And so then we're going to winter and I'm like, what do we do? And I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting (laughs) if I just turned into a whole different person? Yeah. Like I quit smoking. I quit alcohol, I exercise every day, and that was like my activity. You know what I mean? Just completely <laughs> changing my personality. I'm excited to meet, to meet the new winter penny. Oh, it's not, never going to happen. <laughs> but just what? as a thought experiment. You right. Know? Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. I mean, you definitely, I definitely do turn into a bit of a different person in the winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like cooking way more. I'm baking. I made a banana loaf Ooh. on the weekend. 
It was mm, freaking mm. delicious. And I did all these, you know when something works out where that you just weren't expecting to work out? Yeah. Like, because I started making this and I was like, ooh, I don't have eggs. And then I was like, oh, I don't have baking powder. And, <laughs> oh, I don't have, you know, and I started just- I, I don't have bananas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So I did have bananas, thankfully, but I was missing all these other like in, important ingredients. And I just sort of like, like did some- swaps. You know, I was yeah. like, instead of that, I'll put this instead of that. And somehow it turned out to be really Wonderful. good. That's great. It was beautiful. I made homemade baked beans this morning. Homemade baked beans. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that they were going to be okay. Cause I was a bit sloppy with it. I was like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Just pot it, popped it together. And then they were super good. And yeah. then I put heaps of feta in there. Ooh, nice. Mm. I don't know if our listeners know already, but Penny loves beans. <laughs> it's like a little weird. <laughs> Right, listen, they're a really <laughs> good is. source of iron and protein without any animal cruelty. That's full true. of fiber, might make you a bit farty, but, but that's for you who, to decide exactly. whether you're up for it or not. Who cares? <laughs> Fabulous. Do you want to tell everyone about our theme for this episode? I'm so excited about this. This is a whole new direction for us. Penny, Penny <laughs> said this a few nights ago. She was like, you know what we should do is this. And I think she was like kind of kidding. And then we were like oh no, we should actually do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So basically, um, this episode is inspired by Emily in Paris. Oh baby. The the best worst show on television right now. Now before you tune out immediately. Yes. Male listeners, just chill. Exactly. Just stay for us for one second while we explain. Yeah, exactly. A couple of stipulations. So our really good friend Callum had watched and finished Don't tell the show. That. You can't tell he's, it's important that men know that other men are watching it. I think he's going to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you finished it before Brittany or I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think before we had even started watching yeah. it. And also, I will say that my boyfriend, uh, <gasps> after watching an episode with me, kept, you know, offering and putting... Uh, oh, isn't it cute when they do quotations. that? Quotations, yeah. They're like, oh, well, if, if you, want, you want, we could watch Emily We could Paris. watch that Emily show, like, if you want, only if you want, you know? And I'm just like, you want to watch Emily in Paris? I know you do, you know? It's so fascinating, it's isn't weird. it? weird, yeah. Because it's so stupid, but also it is. so enjoyable. Yes. So, did you did you ever watch Downton Abbey, the show? I still haven't watched that. Okay, so it's very similar to Downton Abbey in that it's like, historically, it's not, you know, particularly accurate. There's, yeah. there's no depth to anyone. It's just very soap, soap opera-esque and right. everything gets resolved at the end and you're like, oh, cool. Right. But yeah. it's somehow just so enjoyable. Oh my God. This show, I mean, I have to say, so despite the fact that there are just like so many plot holes and just ridiculous things that happen that you're like, well, this is just completely absurd. Mm-hmm. It's shot really nicely. It has like everything aesthetically is really nice. Mm. So you're watching it and you're just, it's like a pleasing, mm. it's pleasing to watch. Mm-hmm. Except for are, her outfits. I really oh, hate man, her Oh man, they're so bad. Yeah. Um, but then there are also like some funny moments and cute things that happen yeah. and that kind of stuff. So it is a nice it's actually a really nice, just like chilled out show. Yeah, feel, chilled out, kind of somewhat feel good, I guess. Oh yeah, you know, it's an excellent hangover show. Yes. Um, so sorry, we we digressed a little. Oh bit. yeah, but the <laughs> point is that this episode of our podcast is basically going to be centered around the crossover between Emily in Paris. And work, culture, and lifestyle. Yeah. Because, you know, this is what we felt the people needed. I also, you know, I think this is kind of interesting because, like, if you haven't seen the show Emily in Paris, 
Uh, you don't need to have seen the show, by the way, to enjoy this episode. It's just going to be talking about themes that come up in that show, and mm-hmm. we'll just be discussing them kind of in our opinions. But um, basically, the idea is this American girl moves to Paris for a job. Mm-hmm. So she's like new to, uh, to France. She doesn't speak French. She's at this new company, blah, blah, blah. So it's all about that. And I thought this is kind of interesting because we both have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So we've had experience... It's Brittany and Penny in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany and Berlin sounds good. Penny in Paris. Penny in Paris sounds that really would be good. good. Sacre bleu. Oh, my. Oh, mon Dieu. <laughs> oh, my gut. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So shall we, shall we kick it off, Britt? I think so. I don't see why not. I don't see how we could not kick it off right now. Work. <laughs> Work. Work with Emily in Paris. Work with Emily in Paris. We're so sorry if this was the worst idea. I know. We're going to find out, right? It could be terrible. I have a feeling it's going to be okay, though. Okay, great. Do you want to kick off work? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. So um, I thought we'd discuss how Emily behaves in certain situations and how it's often wildly inappropriate. Correct. And then I thought we could um, take some lessons from Emily. Yeah. So uh, my notes say... It's wildly inappropriate to behave the way Emily does in many situations. <laughs> yeah. So I, actually the reason Brittany and I wanted to do this episode is because one day I was like, I hope young women aren't watching this show and thinking this is okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of like times where Emily's like barging into someone's office or turning up at their apartment, like turning up at a client's apartment and trying to you know, like talk them through one of her concept ideas and she's just like extremely obnoxiously pushy and yeah. and invasive basically. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Parisians might be charmed by her sort of like chasing after them at social events and turning up at their apartments and harassing them about work stuff, that is completely off base. <laughs> yeah. Do not do that. Um, I think you should watch a show and just basically do most of what Emily, like do the opposite. Exactly. Um, Direct opposite. And also French people would hate this so much, especially because she's an obnoxious American. Yeah. What do you think French people think of the show? Oh, I can't wait to find out. Right? I'm going to do some research. Yeah. If you're French and you listen to this podcast or you know a French person who listens, please let us know what you thought of the show. I'm dying. Dying. It would be so interesting to know if they feel like their culture is represented or being at least somewhat accurately. Mm. Yeah. Or if it's being completely, yeah, just abused. I think the whole thing about um, the way some of the characters are like, don't eat lunch, just have a cigarette. I think that's a little off base. Yeah. I don't think French people smoke like that anymore. I know, right? I mean, they definitely smoke more than Americans. I think the thing is, mm. but what's interesting though is, to Americans, North Americans, and probably to Australians as well. Like, this would be them, their idea of, like, when they go to Paris and they see a few people smoking on the street, they're like, oh, my God, everybody smokes here, yeah. you know? Because actually it's, it's like, rare for North Americans and Australians to, yeah. for people to be smoking. It's That's actually true. very rare right now. Mm, Whereas mm. in Europe, it's still kind of a thing. And it's also much more, like, socially acceptable. Yeah. So it's kind of like... You know, in the show, this boss woman whose name is Sylvie, who is insanely hot. I oh, like her outfits. Man. She's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and she's also a real bitch, but I've got a note about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's just like, yeah, I mean, why would you eat food when you can just smoke a cigarette? And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that might happen, but I've never seen it happen. Yeah, yeah. It's um, really bizarre. But anyway, uh, I 
thought there was a couple of things that we, oh, there's a time when Emily says to one of her clients or potential clients, apparently you don't want to be cool or relevant. <laughs> don't yeah. say that to your, don't be rude to your clients. It's Yeah, it's so outrageous, and right? My last note was walking into your boss's office and starting on a rapid fire tirade about your ideas, bad. Wait for your boss to speak first, especially if it, she hates you. And so here's where it gets productive, right? Yeah. So I watched Devil Wears Prada, The Devil Wears Prada last night. It is really good. I love that movie. Do you know, I watch that movie, I've seen it probably four times. And every time I watch it, I get a new interpretation of it. Really? Yeah. I get a new feeling about the boyfriend and about Meryl Streep. And yeah, yeah it's really interesting. But anyway, I had notes around ways you can abro- approach a boss that hates you. Love it. So we've all had a boss that hates us, especially me. (laughs) Jokes. (laughs) Um, So number one is be persistent and don't give up right away. Uh, Work hard and be humble and maybe you can learn something. So don't just let it get you down right away. Totally. The fact that your boss hates you and scowls at you and stuff. Yeah. And then listen to what they say and do it. So be very proactive. Try and think a few steps ahead to figure out what would make them happy. And then try and work out whether it's you or whether it's them. So sometimes like a person might not hate you specifically. They might just be under a lot of pressure and you might have fucked something up and that makes them more stressed out. And then finally, be very reliable. Results should be every day. And when you make a mistake, which of course you're allowed to do and it happens to everyone, own up right away and let them know what you're going to do about it. Yeah. The end. Love it. I mean, I think that there's just like so there were so many things that jumped out at me in terms of the way that she her working style and how she decided to just like shoehorn herself yeah. into the company yeah. and just it's just outrageous like in my eyes when you start somewhere new um you are like your first 3 months are you figuring out how the company works, yeah. how thing, you know, how you can be of most value, how can, you know, it's not about, you know, I mean, obviously these shows have to dramatize things and make, you know, mm. obviously this isn't actually how it would ever go down, but just the fact that she was doing those things of like trying to prove herself and trying to show yeah. that she can be super valuable. It's like that, yes, you want to show that early, but it's not going to happen within your first week of but work. But also, yeah, I think it's a, it's a problematic dynamic because she thinks in order to have value, she doesn't have to listen or ask questions. Yes, exactly. She's not she's not absorbing anything. She's just like, well, I thought you wanted an American point of view. And it's like, uh, it's yes. just too much. And that's why everyone hates her. If she'd kind of, not that this makes for very good television, but if she'd sat back and just relaxed a little bit and asked a lot of questions and yeah. been more quiet, yeah. I think people would have liked her more. Totally. Although they seem to like her now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Of course. But, um, what about you, Britt? What have you got to say about Emily? I was was thinking a little bit about, um, how we all want to be valued at work. So there's one thing, if your boss hates you, I think that that's, you know, what you talked about is absolutely right. If your boss hates you, there are things you can, (laughs) you know, I mean, this is also like, if your boss hates you and is a complete asshole, you should also ask yourself if you want to even be working there Mm. like big time. Mm. But the other thing that I think that was brought up in Emily in Paris was the fact that she did, didn't feel like her value was really seen, right? Mm. And so I was thinking about, you know, what are some ways that you can kind of show your value, um, especially when you're new somewhere mm. um, and you want to, you know, 
you want to be appreciated. Mm. So not necessarily show your value, but just feel valued, right? If you're in a place where they just seem to not give a shit, right? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm thinking that first of all, you have to let yourself settle in first, Mm -hmm. obviously. You Mm -hmm. know, you can't expect to be getting like tons of positive feedback right away. Sometimes that does happen though. If you come in and, you know, and you're- Tidy things up. Yeah, exactly. You do something or you you have a lot of experience in a certain way and you really make a splash, you know? But usually it takes some time, right? But the one thing that you want to definitely do is make sure that you're talking to your manager about, you know, um, setting goals. Um, Once you've been there for like two to three months, um, especially if you're in Germany, because three, I think it's three, oh, is Probezeit three months? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like a trial period for your job is three months. So before that happens, you want to sit down with your manager if you can and ask them about the, the things that you've been involved in and and maybe even have like a list of projects that you've, you know, been involved in or that you've um, had a hand in. And, you know, you can kind of like, if you're looking for appreciation and to show them that you're valuable, you can kind of show them that mm. by sort of asking them about your performance, mm. right? Because once once you ask them, then, you know, then the conversation starts. And that's all you want is a conversation to start. Mm. But not only that, I feel like um, we all need to be a little bit realistic about this kind of like being appreciated at work. Because I think everybody's talking so much about like, I just want to be valued. I just want to be appreciated, which is absolutely right. The other side of it is that, you know, you're not going to get constant positive feedback at work, right? So there are, it is a business. There are things happening, you know, so there's this weird balance that we need to find. I think that so many people aren't appreciated at work that we go the complete opposite way. Mm. And we start being like, I want to be told that I'm doing a good job, that I'm, you know, a part of this team, that Mm. I'm like really valuable to this company. But also sometimes, you know, you need to take a step back and be like, was my work really, really great? And do Mm. I deserve to be like, have a pat on the back? I think like positive feedback and appreciation are sort of different things. Like mm-hmm. if I always imagine, and, and maybe this is delusional, but I I always imagine like if I was managing a team of like, let's say 10 people and we were working every day together, or if I owned a company or whatever, my appreciation would come in the form of like, you know, probably you know, like every week at least, just sort of like touching someone on the arm and being like, hey, thanks. I really appreciate that. That was great. Yeah. Just, or, uh, and not even in terms of performance, but like if they're like, oh, I'll take that report off your hands. I'll do this for you. And you're like, I so appreciate that. Yeah. And it's just these tiny little touch points. I don't think it has to be like a whole parade. Exactly. But like just those tiny little moments. And and I think actually this is really funny because I think, um, Sometimes when we think about recognition and stuff and also other cultural things, there are all these companies dedicated to like, oh, improve your workplace culture. And it's like for for that reason, it's been blown out of proportion. Yeah. It's actually not rocket science. And yeah. I mean, like I've had friends who have left companies and when they tell their boss they're resigning, um, the boss is like, oh, I'm just so disappointed you didn't tell me earlier. Yeah. And it's like, we all know what that person wanted. They'd ask for a pay rise. They'd ask for more recognition. They'd ask for, you know, reasonable, easy to fulfill things. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. It's very yeah. simple. Just give give your people regular, decent pay rises. Yeah. Respect their dignity. Yeah. And their autonomy as human beings. Totally. That's it. Yeah. Like, don't get carried away. Absolutely. Mm. And I think from like a... a 
like an employee standpoint, one thing I think you can do if you're not feeling recognized by your manager enough, I mean, and this is, I think that this is, uh, you know, something where as long as you are actually getting recognized a little bit from your manager or leader or whoever it is, um, you know, they're not the only person who who can mm. recognize you and That's who can true, give yeah. you positive feedback. And the other the other thing that you can do to kind of promote this amongst your team or the people that you're working with regularly is to give them positive feedback. Yeah. You know, and then it kind of stimulates this thing where they're like, oh yeah, that felt really, like th- it's a human reaction when someone like gives you a nice compliment or whatever For that sure. they want to do that back to you. So it's like, yeah. you know, just kind of create that culture amongst your team is also a way that you can feel a little mm. bit more appreciated if you're feeling a little bit devalued. But of course, only if you're, you know, if your manager, whatever boss is not giving you any positive feedback and they just totally are taking advantage of you, obviously there needs to be a change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've had so many jobs where the only time you have any interaction with your boss is when you fuck something up. Yeah. And, you know, like in hindsight, that's fine. I, I am obviously like a happy person now. It hasn't traumatized me or anything. Yeah. But at the time it wasn't great. And it also shortened the lifespan of my my time at that company by an enormous amount. Exactly. So I was just like, I just want to go somewhere where people are fucking nice to me. You know? Totally. And then you, it's so funny, the minute you say you're leaving, they're like, oh, well, wh- what can we do to keep you? Like yeah. we'll pay you double, we'll give you a promotion, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, like, wait a second. Where did all this come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, ugh. Anyway. So aggravating. Yes. Just give me a raise. Gosh darn it. And just say thanks yeah. one time. No, totally. Just say I appreciate the work you're putting in. It seems it, that you care. I actually said, I've said this before, but I said to one of my bosses in my exit interview, like, you clearly seem to not like me. Why didn't you just fire me? And he was like, oh, well, it's not that I didn't like you. It's, I mean, I always saw so much potential in you. And I was like, you never once said that to me and yeah. now I'm going. So, yeah. you know, like Fascinating. it's just, it's silly. Culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm really excited about this par- portion of it because we're coming from this side of like we've had that culture shock. We've gone, you know, to a new country where mm. we don't know, you know, what like just how people interact Mm. here is really different than where we're both from. And we had those like moments where we were like, oh my gosh, this is so different. So I just had, I just thought we could talk a little bit about like learning to adjust to a new culture. Uh And, you know, especially actually I was thinking a lot about the office culture just because Emily Paris really does talk a lot about work and it's all focused around there. Yeah. So what I find really uh, interesting between, and I think I'm going to generalize a little bit here with Europe as like a whole yeah. and then like North America the and yeah. the, the Americas, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, and I I think it's super interesting. I was really surprised actually, and maybe you'll be surprised by, by my surprise. Okay. But the casualness and the kind of like socializing that happens in Europe uh, at like company events mm-hmm. and, and, you know, company, uh, yeah, yeah. meetings and things. Yeah. It's really different. Like it, there's a lot more of it mm. in Europe than there is, I find in like North America, people in North America or in the Americas keep things really separate, separate, mm. personal life, professional life. Like they, there's, doesn't seem to be a lot of crossover. I've found here there's a lot more, you know, there, there aren't as many rules about what you can and can't say, mm. you know, like you would never talk about politics at work or, you know, 
money or those kind of things. I mean, money, obviously you talk about at work, but you know what I mean? Like those kind of big topics that are kind of divisive. Mm. I find Europeans are much more into that. They're like, why wouldn't we talk about that? This Mm. is a huge part of life. Whereas where I'm from, it was like, oh no, you never know who, like people we work with, you don't know their political standpoints, you know, like you would never know that about them. So I think that's really kind of funny. And Mm. like, and I remember, okay, this is so interesting. So, uh, my first like office job in Berlin, mm. a colleague and friend of mine actually, um, we got into a huge fight because she wanted to have a team building event. Uh, yeah, uh, she wanted it to take place at a um, a spa where you would be naked. Yeah, I that is in front of like me. like a coed naked mm. sauna. But that's spa. very common in some parts of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And even in Germany, it it like it's a little weird in Germany. Mm. German, like you know, but in Germany, it it it, it is also not that weird. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, you could you would maybe go to the spa and like see a colleague there, and it's mm. like, well, oh well, you know, yeah. whatever. But like that is so crazy to me. Like being naked in front of your colleagues is just not something that I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it was just so crazy, and I got into such a heated argument because wow. I was like, this is like this is outrageous that you would Mm. think we would do this. And she was like, oh, well, we, you know, where I'm from, we do it all the time. And it's like actually where business, business, you know, deals and meetings often happen in saunas where everyone's naked. And I'm just like, are you freaking crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, just kind of shocking. Yeah. I mean, like Americans are definitely heaps more formal than Europeans and also Australians. Mm -hmm. Australians are pretty informal. Oh, interesting. So like um, we're super professional and hardworking and really often like uh, Australians are good at their jobs because it's a highly competitive market and landscape. But the casualness is there. Like you'll go out and get drunk with your friends after work. Like people will have inter-office romance Wow. You know, like you wear, you can wear shorts to work, you can wear thongs to work, which are sandals. Sandals. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we call them thongs. You Flip can flops. also wear thongs to work. Flip flops. Under your pants. Yeah. It's like we have really hot weather, so you can wear a sundress. Like, yeah, right. It's very casual. But um, when I met this, um, when I was working at an American company, I met one of their VPs for coffee. Um, and I just straight away knew that I'd. And it was basically on the last day of this kind of summit thing. So the summit was over. Oh, sorry, it was a day after the last day. So the summit was over. She knew I was just going to be being a tourist for the rest of the day. So I turned up to this coffee meeting in the morning and wore like a dress and like, you know, sandals. Mm -hmm. Very, you know, casual because that's what I was going to be doing that day, being a tourist. It was the middle of summer. And as soon as I arrived, she like, she looked horrified. Really? And and then she straight away was like, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I have to get used to Australians. Like, I know your boss is equally, you know, he walks around in shorts. Yeah. And she she found that really surprising. Interesting. So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it hadn't even occurred to me that I should dress up for a coffee meeting. Yeah, right. With someone at a company I already work for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Fascinating. Yeah. That's super. Yeah, there's so many things like that. I mean, I've also found that... Um, one thing that I, that I think is really interesting, a cultural difference between specifically Germany, actually, but it might be also a European thing, um, between Europe and, and America more, more so than like, yeah, than where I'm from. Um, but is the, the, the way that we see success. Yeah. Super interesting. So 
specifically in Germany, if you see someone driving down the street in like a ridiculously expensive car or that you know that they have like a really massive house and you just know that they have a lot, a lot of money, it's interesting actually in the German culture, that's not actually seen as like usually the first reaction of, from Germans yeah. is to be skeptical of this person. Okay, so I watched this great video on yeah. German Germany's hidden billionaires. Okay. And it was all about the fact that billionaires in Germany, and this was, it was so interesting, I should probably dig it up and link it in the show notes. Okay. Um, but it was about the idea that Germans who have billions of euros, um, they don't do it in a flashy way. So they're yeah. not like getting on a yacht in Capri or apparently they spend their money on cars Mm -hmm. and they're very private and to the point where some of the richest people in Germany, you can't even find a picture of them on the internet. Wow. And one of the reasons for this, which I I don't know if this applies to all of them obviously, but one of the reasons to this is that some of them obviously uh, have uh, um, family links to Nazi stuff. Oh, yeah. So they're super private, and also they like in Germany. The idea is like if you get rich, you do not want public attention or scrutiny. No. Yeah, it's keep so, it on the very down low. It's the direct opposite in America, right? Like mm. Canada's maybe somewhere in between. Not that you would be scrutinized, but people don't look up to it as much. But in America, if you are rich and have a nice car and a nice house, people look up to you. I mean, they, I reckon everyone who listens to this podcast could name like ten American rich people. Yeah. So fascinating. Like yeah. they create, they, be, they become celebrities. They're so idolized. Mm. And here it's really something that's kept under wraps. I found that so interesting, you yeah. know? Um, it's just not seen like people here really idolize more like people's maybe lifestyle. For sure. And, yeah. you know, yeah, things like that. Um, or like, you know, um, like, like art- I'm trying to think of like like almost like they would value someone who's very cultural and artistic. They yeah. would think, wow, that's that's like a really, yeah, someone you should idolize. Yeah. Someone who's really intelligent. You know, those kind of things are idolized more here. Mm. So so that's super interesting as well. So it's not like, um, yeah, they just have different mindsets. Priorities. Different yeah. priorities, exactly. For sure. That's actually, um, yeah, that's one of the points I'll make in lifestyle. But um Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Europe is very different like that though. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. It's good though. That's why we're here basically. I I always say like in Berlin, it's not cool to be rich at all. Oh, in Berlin especially, yeah. Like you would put, like I would, I mean maybe in Charlottenburg and um, Mitte, like it's a little bit cooler to like carry in to sign a handbag or something. But anywhere else people would just like, They'd look down on you. They'd be like gross, bougie, you know, like gentrification type people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, at the end of this podcast, mm. I have some advice if you're planning on moving abroad. Um, Love it. That we can throw in. But now I want to hear about your culture. 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 <laughs> um, so I, I think mine's kind of like a little along the lines of what you just said. I'm just so interested by Americans because obviously like yeah. Americans have this like dominant cultural voice. They have Hollywood. They Like we all watch American TV. They have, you know, like they speak in, in English so they have a broader reach. But they tend to assume that their culture is the status quo everywhere. And I see this even yes. with people who live in Berlin who are just like, what? No, you're wrong. And I'm like, no, actually you come from a country that, ain't doing so great. So maybe you should listen Correct. up. Correct. Yeah. Um, 
I feel that Emily should have looked up some cultural practices in France. Oh, for God's sakes, yeah. So um, I was actually just going to riff on what you just said. So French people, especially Parisians, think it's very uncouth to talk about work in social situations. Right. Um, It's also rude, and this is in Germany as well, to straight away ask someone what they do for a living when you first meet them. So like in Australia, you would just be like, oh, hi, who are you and what do you do? Um, so French people are very, um, adamant about seeing themselves as being more than what they do for money. And I fully support this and I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the culture is very similar here in Berlin. So sometimes I just say like, oh, how do you spend your time? Or like, what do you really enjoy doing? And then the person can tell me about their hobbies or their kids or whatever else they kind of like enjoy doing. Um, yeah. I and, and then riffing on that, on a personal note, like back in the day when I was working in retail and like a bakery and so on, I used to really hate being asked what I did back then because I wasn't passionate about it and I felt like my job didn't reflect who I was at all at the time. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like people were trying to assess me, um, not necessarily judge me negatively, but they were just trying to assess what kind of person I was. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't turned into who I want to be yet and I don't really want to talk about that right now. I'm doing a whole bunch of other things that um, reflect who I am better. So I think um, maybe that's a lesson that we can learn from French people is like it's not all about what people do for a living. They they probably do other things as well. Maybe you should sort of start with that. Yeah, ask something else. Come up with a new opener. Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, and then also like in another French ism is that it's considered to be extremely rude to like walk into a shop or a bakery or a restaurant or whatever and not saying hello to the people in the shop. Mm-hmm. So like if there's a, a woman who sells shoes, if you walk into a shop and just go straight to the shoes, that's for French people that's like you're ignoring their existence as a person yeah. and they take it very personally. I think this is pretty on point actually. Um So uh, a lot of foreigners go to Paris and they're like, oh, the people were so rude, but they don't realize that you accidentally did something rude to begin with. Exactly. Mm. I think it's so fascinating how, um, I mean, this is kind of the world we live in. Everyone knows a lot about America. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, all yes. the, all the movies are from there. All the TV is from there. Like, yeah, I we, bet you course, could name five cities in Florida. Well, exactly, right. Whereas, could you name five cities in France? Yeah, like because America has this very dominant voice. Exactly, mm. but that means that you know, if you are coming from North America, you need to, you know, like put in a little bit more effort. I totally agree. Like, for God's sake. I, I think they're very, I'm sorry to our American listeners, but a lot of Americans can be very ignorant to the fact that like there are whole, there is a literal whole world out there that doesn't operate like they do. Yeah. Um, but so can, like, I think Canada can be tied into that as well. Maybe, you know. Like oh, I meant like um, United America. States of oh, America. Yeah, yeah. No, but I but I think that Canada also is similar. Like, Oh, you know, really? Okay. I mean, we aren't at, maybe not, we're just in Canada, you're not taught so much in this kind of like nationalist uh, attitude. Mm. So definitely we know, we know a lot about America. We know maybe more about Europe or we're taught more in school about it, but still we don't know enough. Like I would say if my, if a Canadian friend was like planning to move to France, you know, I would give them the same advice. Like yeah. do a little bit of studying, you know, learn some stuff. That is an amazing segue to... Lifestyle. (laughs) 
Life's time. Try try putting uh, try putting some music between that. I mean, also <laughs> you could put music between. That's an amazing segue to, and then the music could come in, I guess. Yeah. Although it's just a pop, isn't it? Britney's not a control freak. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just relax, oh, old Brit. Right. Sorry, you're right. You're right. I'm Kids glad are you seasoned pro. He knows how to deal with our our inefficiency. Can I just say that watching Emily in Paris, were you also exhausted watching her? Like, it was like, what? No. It was insane. She's like, <laughs> She runs in the morning. She goes to work. She's at events in the evening. She's having sex with guys. Like, when she's is all never of this tired. happening? Oh, yeah, like, that's I'm just true. Saying, like, I was just like, oh, my God. I'm so, I'd be so exhausted. Like, mm. it's crazy. That's true. I mean, she's and young. But. What actually exhausted me more was at the start of the show at, in season uh, episode one and two, her hair is, like, really lovely. It's, like, very soft and, like, yeah. And then as the show progresses, it gets more plasticky. It's like yeah. these really weird like <laughs> angular waves yeah. that sit out from her ears. And I'm like, yeah. why are you doing her hair like that? <laughs> it was really offensive to me. I was like, brush that out, bitch. Like, come brush on. Brush it out. Brush exactly. it out. You sp- give it some spray and then you brush it out. Yeah, you got to right? tip it upside down. You got to zhuzh it around. Give it a zhuzh. Don't leave it like that. It looks like a wig. That's hilarious. Oh, man. Okay, so how about... How about like, so actually I had this thought about how she makes friends, right? Oh, annoyingly easily. Right, like. Just if you're moving overseas, no chemi is going to walk over and just become your friend at a fucking florist, okay? The coolest girl in Paris isn't going to. Who apparently has no other friends. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the way that she meets friends on this show is basically like she's sitting on a park bench She's at a florist, yeah, at a, and at a saves flower her. shop. Yeah. It's like, it's outrageous. Mm. And the one thing that I find um, when I meet people here who are new, like who have moved to Germany and, and they're our age and they're new to the city, they're always like, I, 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 how do I find, how do I meet friends? You know, yeah. I work at an office. So it's like, there are some people there, but if you're at a small company, like there's not a lot of, you know, and then it's mm. like, you go to work all day. Maybe you go work out sometimes, but it's like it's difficult to mm. meet people you in have a new to be city so no matter what. About it. Yeah, I think mm. so too. Yeah. Um, so I just found that a bit annoying. It was a little bit like unrealistic. It, I think it actually, yeah, you're absolutely right. It sets this expectation. And actually, I think when you're young, this is a sort of thing you think might happen is you're sitting on a park bench and some nice girl will come over and she'll be your new friend. When in reality, like some girl might come over, but she's actually got loads of friends already and doesn't have any openings in her circle. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's a cool girl. Exactly. Um, So yeah, you definitely have to be way more aggressive about it. Totally. I think it also depends what state of your, like where you are in life mm-hmm. when you're moving to a new country or new city. Um, when I first moved here, it was actually fairly easy to make friends because I was one of the Berlin, like lost children, you know, yeah. where I was just like, okay, I'm just here to like have fun and mm-hmm. go out. And, you know, so it was super easy to meet people. You mm-hmm. meet one person, you meet 20 others because yeah. they have a group of friends or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it's different if you're coming here as a professional. That's mm-hmm. where it it changes. If you're coming here and you have it, you're getting a job. Um, yeah, that's, it's much harder. But I think the thing is like Berlin, Paris, New York, London, like these are all very expat-esque cities. That's true. So there's, and the good thing about those cities is that there are other lost souls who are also like, they need friendships. So, um, and they tend to have less of the, and I was saying this to a friend the other day, like 
in Sydney, if you met my friendship group in Sydney, like as a tour, as a person moving to the city and tried to get a squeeze into the group, it would be very hard for you because we have historical bonds. We've known each other for years and years. Yeah. And we just don't, we're not, of course. we don't want to keep a new person up to date on the happenings and be like, oh, by the way, like he dumped her five years ago and she still hates him and that's why we won't invite him to dinner and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like the, the difference is like in Berlin, people have been here for like, you know, maximum 10 years, but they moved here and they know what it's like. So they're much more accommodating, I feel. Absolutely. That is true, actually. Yeah. So that's that's actually one of my piece of, pieces of advice. If you if you are moving abroad, try to find a place where there's going to be other people, hmm. other expats. You know, there's a, cl- there's a club in Berlin that um, a couple of our friends' boyfriends have been to. It's a board game club and you just go along and you play board games with other people. That's adorable. I love Isn't that. that. so cute. It's extremely cute. It's like networking for introverts for nerds but I love you a board said game it. <laughs> but I'm like I I would go there but people would probably be a bit, a bit scared of my intensity with that's the board true games. Yeah. you'd yeah. walk in and they'd be like shit there's a cheerleader in the room <laughs> what's she doing here I can just actually I can see that as like the setup of a romantic comedy like all these nerds <laughs> with like neck beards and stuff are sitting there playing board games and then you walk in and you're like all right guys who wants to play Monopoly I love them. And they're just like, oh shit. Who that? Mm. So cute. I do um, love a nerd though. I love both names. <laughs> um, okay, you want to hear about my lifestyle? I sure do. <laughs> Maybe this is more of a culture thing, but I did my best. Fuck it. So um when you have to when you move to a new country, you have to learn about the history of the place. Okay. Cute. Because um True. the history very heavily contributes to the to the current moment. Um, so, for example, in Germany, uh, East Germans can often be quite rude and cold. Mm. Um, and when you think about it, if you know about the history of it, but prior to this democratically elected government that we have now with Angela Merkel, who's a bad bitch, love her. Yeah. They had two dictatorships in a row. So, I mean, like the communist stuff wasn't really a dictatorship, but you know what I mean, like authoritarian governments. Yeah. And... These older East Germans actually lived through like a time when the Stasi were tapping phones and blackmailing people and spying on them and destroying lives. So naturally, this inherited trauma, it's a lot of hardship. And so a lot of East Germans, they're very distrustful, distrustful of outsiders. Yeah. So when you know all of that stuff, it makes a lot of sense um, and it, and you get more empathy for them instead of judging them and trying to make them just behave the way that we're used to and be like, oh, why is it then that you're not smiling and like yeah. saying hello to me? Well, it's because they've had a fucked up history, you know? Yeah. They've had um, a tough go. All right. Yeah. Um, and in terms of French culture, maybe Emily should have done a little Googling because uh, in French culture, their, their whole mentality is very aligned with the French Revolution um, and the ideals of liberty, equality, and fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means that there's lots of protests, for example, because uh, the people want to defend their own rights and uh, they think of life really differently to Americans. Yeah. Um, and even though the French Revolution happened like a really long time ago, um, it was actually, this was the inception of democracy. So th- that's where monarchies first got challenged as, a, as an ideology. Um, and it had a huge global impact. So 
the French are actually really proud of this and they they like these ideals. And so that's why they're kind of like, don't talk to me about work on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm chilling. <laughs> this is part of my culture to drink wine and eat croissant and exactly. criticize your outfit and smoke 150 cigarettes. <laughs> Get out of my life. You know? Totally. Anyway. The other thing, I mean, about like, I think just in general, when people move to a new country, it's like, instead of trying to, I find that this is very common in the Americas, Mm -hmm. the idea that people like they are, they try to bring their culture with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like me, by the way, I, I was definitely a culprit of this in the beginning. It's like me being like obsessed with finding where I can buy peanut butter here. Yes, I love peanut butter, okay? But like the reason that I'm living abroad is to experience something different than what I already know. So forget about peanut butter, okay? And embrace quark. (laughs) Okay, so Germans, I just, just really quickly, Germans have this thing. you're a lunatic. (laughs) I fucking love quark. I'm on on the whole, like, so quark, in case you don't know, because most people, even some people who live in Berlin, friends of mine, like I think Penny and, and a few others, don't eat this stuff because I don't really understand what it is. But it's absolutely delicious. It's a cross between yogurt and cheese. It's in between, okay? Um, like cream cheese? Kind of, mm-hmm. but it's fluffier, more yogurty. So it's like more whipped and mm-hmm. light, okay? Mm-hmm. And often, like, it's, it's, a, it's like a Greek yogurt, like a really thick yogurt, okay? And, but what's super interesting about it is it's not sold in North America. And I don't know about Australia. I doubt oh, it's sold there. No. Yeah. yeah. But the reason why, the reason why it's not sold is because it's not identified as like a, a food. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a thing that they've identified as being like okay to eat, mm. you know, whereas Germans like, because it's a cross between these two kind of different foods. Mm. It's super interesting. It's something that you like spread on bread and you um eat. You can like it's a random dairy product. It's a random dairy product yeah. that's flipping delicious. And mm. I just that's what I just want to say is like try to more embrace these differences and learn what you there was this moment in Emily in Paris when she was like, she was trying to get, buy something or something, and he was like, Oh no, you don't like you eat an omelet mm. or whatever. And then he like made her this amazing omelet mm. or something, and she was like, That was incredible. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just showing you that there are really, really great things that these countries who have been around for far longer than your country, you know, (laughs) they've figured it out. Don't worry, you know? So it's just kind of, it's just kind of interesting to me. It's so, uh, yeah, that is so interesting. Like I often struggle with, um, because obviously like there are things that are better about Germany and then there are things that are better about Australia. Yeah. And often they're the opposite thing. Yeah. Right. So like food is amazing in Australia. It's not so great here. Whereas. Uh, like the idea of lifestyle is amazing in Germany, whereas it's not so good in Australia. So I'm always like trying to um, de-educate, I don't know, like wipe the slate clean in some way. Yeah, exactly. Because I can find myself like complaining about something and then I'm just like, come on, Penny, like, yeah, don't be silly. Exactly. But then there are things that are reasonable. Like I would love, I would love just one nice customer service person <laughs> at Vodafone. So, so can I just, 
yesterday, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to find a place. This is just a random story that's just going to be wedged in here. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a place to drop off, um, uh, to take a uh, Amazon package back, right? To turn, return it. And I'm looking for a, a UPS drop-off, or not UPS, sorry, DHL, whatever. I'm looking for a drop-off point, right? And there was supposed to be this drop-off point, and I went into this little store, and it was in kind of like a, a mall of sorts. Okay. So I go in, this guy's there and he's like, just kind of abrupt. And I was just like, Oh, do you take DHL packages? This is all in German. Okay. Mm. So do you take, and he's like, no. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, fair enough. You don't take them. And then I asked, is there a place around here that takes them? And he's like, yeah, down, just downstairs. And I'm like, why wouldn't you have, like, why wouldn't that have been your immediate answer? So, so Brittany, we were talking about this yesterday. In Germany, if you don't, if you ask a specific question, you'll get that specific answer. Fascinating though. Like, why Why? not? They don't suggest. (gasps) No suggestions. They do not suggest. And they don't go outside of that. Because you can be on the phone and you're like, oh, so so you're going to come and repossess all my possessions. And they're like, yes. Yeah. And And you're you're like, like, is there anything I can do about this? And they're like, yes. Yes. (laughs) And you're like, what is that thing? And they're like, you can write a letter to this person and deliver it by owl because we don't do the internet in Germany. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to do that so you don't repossess all my possessions. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's hilarious. Like they don't, yeah, it was just to me, it was, and I was with my German boyfriend at the time. Yeah. My German. (laughs) And and it was so funny because we left there and I was like, don't you think it's funny that, I asked this one question and he could have easily helped me out by saying, no, but literally downstairs right below me, Mm. you can return this package. And Philip, and like, and, and, you know, he was just like, he was like, yeah, I mean, it didn't even occur to him that this was strange. And I'm like, it just would have been like this one, this nice thing Mm. for him to be like, let me help you. You clearly want to return this package. That's the proactivity with the customer service. That's what's lacking. I mean, like when I, every every time I go back to Australia, I'm almost like shocked (laughs) by how nice people are. Like they're like, oh, listen, you can't get that here. But what what you can do is, and then they're like looking up on Google map where I can go, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you being so nice to me? I'm almost suspicious. I know. I'll never forget when I arrived in um, Italy in this tiny little town and I was looking with my friend, we were looking for our Airbnb and it was really confusing because there are no like numbers. It's all based on the name of the person who owns the house, which is adorable. So we're looking for this one house and this, and this, you know, we're driving and this guy literally like waved us down and he was like, are you lost? Like, can we help you? And this is like in Italian, we don't speak the same language. He's trying to help us. I swear to God, it was like a movie. Within 15 minutes, there were like six to seven people from around the neighborhood who had all gathered oh, around shit, to help cute. us find. It was insane. Oh, you know? I love Because they were just like, we have to help these girls find where they're staying. Like oh it was God. like the only thing on their mind. It was adorable. Okay. Can I tell you one redeeming story about Germans? Yes. I'm sorry. We always criticize Germans, but we love them. Yes. So when I first moved to Germany, I was on my bike and I'd seen a lot of people on their bikes. Like if a car cuts you off or something and then you pull up to it at the lights, people would kind of like tap on the car with, yeah. their, with their palm of their hand, not like punch the car, not slap the car, just, just like a little. bang, bang, almost like knocking with the palm to let them know, hey, you nearly ran me off my bicycle. Yeah, pay attention. So I'd seen people do this and I was like, hey, okay, I'm going to be Deutsch, you know. And so I'm riding along one day and this guy fully nearly takes me off my bicycle to the point where I like had oh to put my, my foot down on the ground and I was like, this is my chance to do the dup dup. <laughs> 
So I pull it up at the lights next to him, do the dop dop, and he winds down his window and starts screaming at me. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) And so I just decide to go through the lights. I'm like, fuck it. And so I go through them because I'm scared. I'm like cycling away. And he, the light goes green. He speeds through the light, cuts me off, like parks his car across my bicycle. Oh, my God. Grabs me by the arm. No. And at that stage, I'm freaking the fuck out because, you know, like. Obviously. At that point, I was still waiting for a visa as well. (laughs) And I was being assaulted. I was like, maybe I've committed a crime, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And so I do the only logical thing. And I honestly, I would encourage anyone to follow this strategy. I screamed like at the top of my lungs. And it was like six o'clock at night, family neighborhood. And I just like. (laughs) Like. Didn't, not, not coherent. And all these people turn around and they rush over. And yeah. this guy who's got like twins in his little um, bicycle hold, you know, those little things at the front of the bike. Yeah, yeah, the little wagons. Little wagons. Um, he comes over and he's like, all right, what happened? And I explain and the guy's like, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a whole bunch of German talking and all these people have come over to save me. And I'm like, we're, we're cool, we're cool. Um, I might get a ticket or something because this you know, like this guy pretended to be a policeman or was a policeman. Oh, my God. Um, And then the guy drives away and my guy who was helping me was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I tried to get him to apologize, but he wouldn't. (laughs) And I was like, are you serious? I thought you were negotiating my freedom and my passage in this country. But instead they were trying to get him to say sorry. And I was like, thank you so much for coming to my aid. Yeah. And like, especially when my German is well below par when I first moved to Germany. Yeah. It was really course. nice. Like That's Germans have nice. a good, I feel like Europeans have a very good sense of like civil duty. Yeah. And like right and wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that. Okay. So my key takeaway is when you move to a new country, it is absolutely compulsory to read up. There's no excuse. There are videos on YouTube that are like the entire history of France in 23 minutes. And they're very cute. They have cartoons. Yeah. They're funny. And then if things like pique your interest, you can look into those a little bit more. And then what I like to do is use that as conversation starters with potential new friends. People love talking. I mean, people do love talking about their own countries. Yeah. And like explaining things and, you know, but as long as you have a little nugget Nugget. to go from. Use that nugget. (laughs) I'd walk up to people and be like, so is it true that those little brass plaques, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, oh yeah. So here's what's happened. Yeah. And the thing is people will appreciate it so much that you've done just the base level of research. Yeah. They'll be like, cool. You're not just coming here to exploit the freedom of my land. Exactly. You know, when you come from a perfectly good country in the first place. Yeah. Goddamn gentrifier. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was my inner Talking to you. So here's a question for you, Britt. Yeah, I'm here. If you could think of <laughs> one thing that defi- like that is a signifier of a good weekend, what would it be? I've got mine. Are you ready? Yeah. If I find that I really just haven't looked at social media very much. Oh, such a good one. Yeah. That is such a good one. Because I'm too busy having fun. Okay. What's mine? Oh, my gosh. If that could be yours as well. I know I make a good argument. <laughs> I mean, that's an excellent, excellent one. Um, like I to piggyback on that a little bit would maybe be like, I haven't taken any photos. I thought you were going to say I haven't taken any drugs. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I mean, I don't really take drugs in general. Yeah, but, no, I know. But, you know, 
Um, but what, <laughs> so what, you don't like taking photos? No, I mean like if I haven't, I've been enjoying myself so much that I haven't even, sometimes it's different. Sometimes you take a photo cause you're like, oh, I love, I really want to, you know, I did mm. take some photos this weekend actually that, that were just lovely just mm. because I was like, this is adorable and amazing. But if you don't take, like if you've, you've had a good time, but you haven't taken photos, it means you were totally immersed in totally. the good time. Yeah. You know? This is why I always have so many, like the only pictures I have of myself are typically like selfies because by the time I get to a dinner or a brunch yeah. or if, uh, an engagement, the last thing I'm thinking about is taking a picture. Mm-hmm. I just don't care and I don't want to. 100%. Um, which sucks though because then I'm like, well. Sometimes it's nice to have a photo. I want That's I want problem. to have Let's try and take one tonight when we go and eat tacos. We're going for a Sunday night taco run. Oh, yeah. Ugh. With a couple of friends. Yeah. You know, be nice. sometimes you need to get drunk before you go to work in the morning. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Jokes. I Monday, mean, you know, it's coming. It's coming. I hope you guys had a good soon. Monday because it's Tuesday while you're listening to this. The time travel in this podcast, it just oh. blows. You know, I'm just like, what is ha- <laughs> What day is it? What's happening? Who knows what day of the week they're listening to this podcast? So Nobody knows. Actually, if you've got nothing, if you haven't watched Emily in Paris yet, that's that's what you're going to be doing. That's this your week. homework. And then yeah. we want to hear. We well, want to hear what you think about Send it. Send us an email to happyhourcareertalk or at just gmail.com. Oh, to yeah. Anyone. Actually, just, just on Instagram is better. Email. Oh, my God. I haven't even checked that email in so long. <laughs> there could be emails in there. I, okay. So there was one email recently. Uh huh. A classic. Sorry, but I work in sales, right? So okay. I write a lot of cold emails. Mm-hmm. And they made a classic error. Oh, no. They don't listen to the podcast. And they're like some person writing in and being like, hey, I've got someone who would be a really great guest on your show. And I was like, if you listen to two episodes, you know we typically don't have guests. Yeah. It's too much life admin for us. (laughs) Why why have guests when Brittany can just turn up and we can talk at my kitchen table (laughs) over champagne? Yeah. I mean, you know, we every now and again we'll have a little guest. But only if we like know them and love them already. Mm, true. This is the thing, mm. you know? So, yeah, anyway. that's really funny. Do, Do your, your research. research. God damn. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Have a great week and don't be a dick. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>